Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome to Going In Raw View, the show where we talk about old pay-per-views or wrestling shows or whatever. As decided, kind of, by the $10 and up Patreon mark. That's right, if you pledge $10 a month or more to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, you too can vote on which pay-per-view we review each and every week. We also have other reward tiers at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, ranging from $1 all the way up to $200,000, which yeah. isn't even possible on Patreon. No. We have it there anyway. Yeah. We're also available at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash going in raw. We have like 11 or 12 designs. I don't know. We're Something like that. We're putting up new ones all the time. Yes. But we're not here to talk about all that, Larson. No, we're here to talk about Clash of the Champions 24. Now, this uh, this show is notable primarily for one reason, and that mm. is the debut of the Shockmaster. Of the Shockmaster. Very confusing. Very confusing debut for the Shockmaster. I don't think it's confusing. I think it was, it, it was just all messed up. Infamously confusing. No, there's a lot of confusing things about that. Like, we'll get to it when we get there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this was, so this is like one of my favorite eras of wrestling ever, Lars. Yeah, you love early 90s WCW. Anytime, number one, anytime you've got Vader closing out your show. Vader, I'm, did Vader ever put on any bad matches? Because all of Vader matches, all of Vader's matches, they're all just really brutal. It didn't matter, like, where you were wrestling. If you if you were in a match against Vader, you were going to get your ass beat. You're probably going to get, for reals, punched You're going to get hurt. Yeah. And uh, this uh, card featured uh, the main event of Vader versus the British Bulldog. Davy Boy Smith. That's right, who had stopped by WCW. That's another reason why I love this era of WCW. Because you have, like, 
uh, uh, pit stops, basically. It was like sort of a pit stop for a lot of wrestlers. Yeah, pretty much anybody who didn't want to or couldn't wrestle with WWF mm-hmm. went to WCW. Right, exactly. I shared you on my notes, by Got the way, it. in case you want those. I'm going to get your notes here in a second. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I was actually pretty entertained by most of this pay-per-view. And yeah, it was bad. There's, there's always so many weird things going on in the late 80s, early 90s for WCW. There's a lot of weird going on. And so we're going to talk a lot about that weird. The show opened up. Number one, I can never get enough of. I mean, this is this is Clash of Champions. So Clash of Champions wasn't actually pay per view. No, they aired on TBS. Yeah, they were TV specials. Yeah, they were supposed to be. Well, they're kind of pay per views in terms of the you know like quality of the matches, how it you know uh, how they involve storylines yeah, and such. Yeah. But obviously, so long as you paid your cable bill every month. You would get them for free. Exactly. Yeah, so you have to pay more money. But they serve the same purpose because I think, were there actual pay-per-views like quarterly at the time? There was like Fall Brawl, Starcade, Great American Bash. I don't know Bash. they were doing. What year was this, 93? 93. Like they weren't doing, were they doing Clash of the Champions and monthly pay-per-views? I would have a hard time believing that. We're going to find out here in a second. Nice. Uh, because the Clash of the Champions... Those things would come on like once. They would have like a handful of them every year. They had eight pay-per-views in 1993. Okay. And then how many Clash of the Champions were there? They were monthly. I think. No, wait, no, they weren't. Sorry. I think those might have been quarterly. They were probably the months. They probably had those the months they didn't have pay-per-views. Oh, oh that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. All right. See, problems. When Because this, this was August 93, right? Yeah, no yeah there was August no 93. pay-per-view. Ah. They were building up to a fall brawl. Right, right, right. Okay, good to know. Interesting. Yeah. March, April? Okay, yeah. June, probably? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, anyways, yeah, that's sort of a weird concept, but they did what they did. And I, I like that. You know, it's kind of like the modern day WWE. They're advancing stories, you know, just all the time with these special Clash of the Champion. And they're only like 90 minutes long. That was my favorite Well, it's probably part of two it. hours. This was, I think... No, I know, but the two-hour television presentation. Oh, right, 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 because of commercials and stuff. That's right. For every hour of television time, there's 15 minutes of commercials. I wish I was in, let's see, 93. I was, like, in high, uh, almost high school. So I wish I was in the WCW at the time. I would have gone into these Clash of the Champions. Oh, really? These things, they always make me so nostalgic. Because they are so from the 90s. Oh, yes. I mean, it, it looks like it's, like, 1989, but it's really mm-hmm. 1993. That's mm-hmm. what I always say about old wrestling that it always feels like it's 10 years behind the times. It feels like it's about five years behind the times. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it's 1988. And then the next year, we watched Bash at the Beach 1994, and it felt like it was 1996 already based on the presentation of the show. It was like, because that's what we were used to. Yeah, I know. WCW was I know. that level of presentation. And by 94, they were already there. Anyways, let's get into this show. Okay. Um, Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura are commentators for the evening. I love Jesse, man. Yeah, and he was good. This is a good team right here. Because I feel like, so... We talked about, I think, Shivani and Heenan on one of our episodes. Yeah, it was Bash 94. Yeah, Bash 94. And they seemed like they hated each other. Yeah, but we did, uh, it was a Halloween Havoc 92 when it was Ventura and Shivani. Yeah. They were good then. I know. They seemed, yeah, they seemed to get along. They seemed to enjoy their time together. So that's good. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So they, they kick off the show. We got a pre-taped Hollywood Blondes promo. It was, more, it was an announcement. Yeah, um, uh, that they were making. Yeah, Brian Pillman was injured. Had a, I think they said tore some ligaments in his ankle. Yeah, and so they were making the announcement that Pillman was hurt and therefore would not be able to participate in the show. Stone Cold, I mean, stunning Steve Williams mm-hmm. was rocking 
some plaid shorts and flip-flops, <laughs> I guess because the show was in Daytona Beach. Yeah. He was ready to go to the beach after the show was over. I swear, like, every like every other WCW event was at Daytona Beach. Yeah. It was it was Daytona Beach, Sturgis. South Dakota, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, a couple of And then uh, every March or April, Panama City, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Cash in on spring break. Pillman was great, man. Yeah, he was. Be- here's the- Pillman really did feel like he was like several decades ab- uh, ahead of his time. Yep. Because like, so this is this announcement they made saying, yeah, he's injured. We're not going to fight. They were both kind of snickering through it a little bit. You know, this is, I don't know. I don't think that they felt that Pillman's injury was fake and they're getting out of this. But they were there. They felt like they were getting over, kind yeah, of, yeah. on the Horsemen, yeah, because they were scheduled taking on Arn and Paul Roma, yeah, and uh, and then they cut back to Jesse and Tony, who say, "Nope, uh, they just found out that uh, William Regal, Stephen Regal, Lord Stephen Regal, Lord Stephen Regal is taking the place of Brian Pillman, be a Hollywood blonde for the evening." And that was that was the thing is that not only was this tag match still happening, it was still for the titles, yeah, but Stephen Regal was a member of the Hollywood Blonde for that <laughs> evening. Yeah, exactly. They did, what, what was the last... Did we just review something where somebody was something for an evening? No, it was... Oh, it was Vader was the U.S. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He uh, Rick Rude had to wrestle twice. But then there was another... What was the last thing that we reviewed? And then Vader took his place. That was Hollywood Havoc 92, I think. Well, the last thing... We, no, the, the night... No, it wasn't Nitro. I don't know. Anyways, they did that a lot, apparently, in apparently. WCW. So that, there's that, a, and there was a lot of mystery partners in WCW. Yeah, that led to Arn and Paul Roma versus Steve Austin and Steven Regal for the WCW Tag Team Titles. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's always weird to see the Horsemen work as face. Yeah, well, number one, can we talk about their shirts for a second? Yeah, those were cool shirts. They were white. They were airbrushed. It was a stallion, the silhouette of a stallion, galloping on a beach. And then with that classic 80s font above them, uh, airbrushed, four horsemen. Yeah. But number four. And then uh, Roma had that same logo on his tights. On his tights, I know. Very, very good looking. Roma was all in on the horsemen, which he should be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you remember the horsemen, you got to be all in. He's the guy we always forget about, that he was a horseman. But never more. No. I will always now know that the Paul Roma. Paul Roma, when you hear four horsemen. Exactly. Oh, was that during the Roma era? That was during the Roma year. <laughs> or, I don't know if it lasted a year. Um, uh, so, uh, in 1993, <laughs> you could still get disqualified for throwing somebody over the top rope. Yes, they made that point. Why was that ever a rule? I don't know, man. But Jesse was over the... He was, he was like... He was trying to find any way for, yes. for the... Uh, he, uh, just threw, he just threw Austin all over the top rope. For the blondes to retain their title. He should be disqualified. That's a disqualification, Shivani. And Giovanni's like, well, they didn't see him. Um, yeah, this is what I mean, dude. Anytime you have Arn Anderson in a match. Yeah, Arn's Aust- great. Austin, you've mentioned uh, this era, Austin, before. He's so comfortable in the ring as opposed to after Owen broke his neck and he, he was a lot more careful. He was so free-flowing, and but he was still Austin. Yeah. But he was so free flowing and like comfortable in the ring, doing any number of things in the ring. And then he got his neck broke. Yeah, and it wasn't really comfortable anymore. No, he couldn't do the things he used to do. Here, there was a spot in this match that really bothered me. Well, I'm gonna adjust my chair. And I know I've seen this before in wrestling matches, but it was so obvious in this one that it really bothered me. Yeah. So at one point during the match, uh, oh, wow. Paul. 
right, so at one point during the match, Paul Roma uh, wants to tag in Arn Anderson. Okay. He achieves that goal. He tags in Arn Anderson. Problem is, the referee, Nick Patrick, yeah. uh, who would eventually be the NWO Well, rep, that's, that's what you're yeah, at the thing here. Um, uh, didn't see it, so he didn't allow the tag. He right. sent Arn back to his corner. Roma had to continue the match. Yeah. While all that was going on, um, uh, Stone Cold, sorry, Austin tags in Steven Regal. Yes. The ref didn't see it. Nick Patrick did not see that tag. Yes. Right. At no point did he forcibly try to remove Regal from the ring. He just kind of said, hey, get out of here. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here and let the match continue. Yeah. Not long after that, Paul Roma rolls up Regal and the ref, knowing full well <laughs> that the man whose shoulders are on the mat is not the legal man, <laughs> yeah. counts the pinfall. Yeah, man. And I was screaming at my computer screen yeah. saying, why are you counting that pinfall? You know <laughs> no, man. that is not the legal man. You're telling him there is there is a couple instances of a non-legal man Having a little too much, a little too much impact on the outcome of a match. Yeah, they weren't observing the five count. No, they weren't. Well, WCW rules were just, uh, you know, all over the map. Apparently, anyway, in this era, um, Arn eventually pins Austin with a roll up and a handful of tights. We have to be getting close to the era when, or close to the time when over the top rope wasn't a DQ. We have, have to be by getting ninety. That. I remember if by ninety four it was still a thing or not. Maybe when Hogan, maybe when Hogan came in, he was like, "What?" He had that in his contract. <laughs> Creative control <laughs> over the top rope, no longer yeah, exactly. A okay, how about this? He's he's booking his match. All right, listen, brother. Before I drop that leg, I'm going to throw him over the top rope. Well, oh, hold on, Hulkster. Yeah, brother. That's a disqualification. Not anymore, brother. You see my contract, brother. You know why? <laughs> you know. Why. All right. After that, uh, Eric Bischoff um, interviews Arn Anderson and Paul Roma. Yeah. I like this because Paul Roma gave, like, the, the cookie-cutter screaming promo, and Arn Anderson sounds like the best Texas high school football coach you'd ever hear. Because I imagine, like, you know, there's NFL football coaches, but they're millionaires. I, I doubt they're that motivational. When you're a Texas, which in that state, high, uh, high school football is everything. Yeah. It's like Jesus. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. When you're a football coach in Texas in high school – I imagine you have the most motivational speeches of all time because you're probably only getting paid like $30,000 a year. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, football's everything over there. Yeah. I loved, I love his promos. And this is just on a crappy clash of the champions. Yeah, Arn was great. Yeah, Arn was great. Um, after that, we had beautiful Bobby Eaton mm-hmm. versus Two Cold Scorpio. Once again, talk about somebody who was way ahead of his yes. time. Two Cold Scorpio was way ahead of his time. Yes. I feel like, let me ask you this. Why wasn't he a much bigger star? I don't know. I feel like it's probably his packaging in that it was kind of generic. Like, what does too cold Scorpio mean? I mean, I get that it's supposed to be like a, hey, you're cool, you know. I get that. But, like, I feel like with some more focused packaging, too cold Scorpio could have been Matt. Because his moves, like what he did in the ring, that dude was way ahead of his time. Yeah. And then you have beautiful Bobby who was, like, a man who's out of his <laughs> – <laughs> like, if Two Cold Scorpio was, was, like, decades ahead of his time, Beautiful Bobby was a man firmly entrenched in the 1950s. Yeah. They were touting... Uh, and it, was, it was interesting, kind of odd, that uh, the commentary team were, uh, were touting uh, Bobby Eaton's high-flying bona fide. <laughs> Did you catch that? I did. Yeah, they're I saying uh, Bobby Eaton uh, uh, is no stranger to... Uh, 
high risk top rope moves, and I'm like, hold on a second. I'm not like an expert in Bobby Eaton's work, but I've seen a few of his matches. And, yeah, and maybe he's done. A, he did an elbow during this match, I believe. <laughs> Maybe he's done drop kick. He's not doing any 450 splashes. No, he's not. Which, by the way, Ventura called a 360 splash. Or he said, oh, look, two gold Scorpio did a 360. No, dude, if you start like this and you end like this, you got to add the extra this to it. Yeah, it's 90 more degrees. 450, Jesse. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah, a two cold Scorpio picked up the win with a 450 splash. 450 splash. Not Over a beautiful Bobby. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, man. Next up we had... Oh, I like this. So they teased that the next match, which was Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad. And it was like a shot of Max Payne. But in this shot, he looked exactly like Sammy Callahan. Well, like a thicker. <laughs> well, yeah. But this is, it was like the, 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 the promo image. And it's kind of the kind of thing that only I would really pay attention to because you pay, you pay attention to the important stuff, like what happens in the matches. Yeah. I pay attention to the accoutrements. Yeah. Uh, to the, the salad dressing. The window dressing. Salad dressing. In Max Payne's case, it was ranch. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a big man. Um, but no, because, so like the little cutout still of him was just a bust. And he's going like oh, this. Oh, do you mean like the little trading card things? Yeah, they yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And his, the graphics, his yeah. hair and the look at us. I was like, that looks dead on like Sammy Callahan. But then he came out and he was massively fat. Yeah, so yeah, I knew yeah, it was yeah. not Sammy Callahan. There was a couple matches during this card where I, I remember that WCW seemingly would just hire anybody off the street. Oh, man, yeah. Here are some other names. Used by Max Payne. He is a, a just a, he a is dictionary a, 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 a of a walking corner. corner. All to himself. Beater, which has some a, a myriad of connotations. Blacksmith, cool name. Buffalo Peterson. <laughs> that sounds fake as shit. Yeah. Okay. Heavy Metal Buffalo. Lucifer Payne. Man Mountain Rock. Maximum pain, max pain, max pain, and max pain in various different spellings. Yeah. Different spellings. So apparently, part of the story on this one was that Johnny B. Bad had been burnt on the face. Yeah, so he had to wear, or he wore a mask to cover his burns. <laughs> he, well, actually, he wore two masks. That's true. I was going to get to that. <laughs> that is a, a very important story element in this uh, match. Game. Now, um, l- luckily, we were spared from the inadvertent uh, offensiveness of the uh, Johnny B. Bad character. <laughs> Because he was, in fact, wearing a mask, and he, in fact, did say that uh, when, when he talked, he wasn't doing his little Richard impression. It was weird. Yeah. I get it. Um, uh, but this match was was set up as a mask versus Norma Jean match. Norma Jean was the guitar. Yeah, but we didn't know that until uh, uh, Max Payne walked out to the ring carrying a guitar. Right. Kind of had to put that together. And through the magic of editing, I will now walk over and let my dog out. Yes. I have to return. You're to, back. To the magic of editing. Um, what I found interesting about Max Payne is that he sa- they said he was from the state of euphoria. <laughs> I did not notice that. That was awesome. That was good. <laughs> That's man. really good. Sounds like, yeah, he's as high as shit. Is that the in, in, in Maybe. I don't know. I mean, his gimmick is kind of like rock star. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is, you know, Max Payne wasn't doing much, but, you know, I mean, Mark Merrill was a decent wrestler. Yeah, like he, was, he could be pretty could athletic. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was athletic. Um, at one point, yeah, Max Payne, you're probably going to mention this. He took off Johnny B. Bad's mask only to reveal an underwear mask, like another mask yeah. underneath that mask. Yeah. Um, um, the finish saw Max Payne go for a second rope splash. Not a top rope splash. <laughs> no, a second rope. Missed and even, it. even that seemed like it's short of Max Payne. I know. Missed it. <laughs> Johnny B. Bad <laughs> covers them and gets the pin. Johnny B. Bad's already on the ground, about to take that splash. 
from the second rope. From the second rope. You know, and then he just sort of looks over, and there's a giant man just laying there on the floor, and he goes like this. Just puts his arm over him, yeah. gets the win. And then he, uh, what? so he, like, he's trying to, I think he's, like, promoting, or he's trying to, like, do a quickie promo of sorts just to the camera. Oh, because he grabs the guitar. Yeah, he won the guitar. He won the guitar, and then I think he said he's putting that up at Fall Brawl. No. What did he say? Well, he said... Oh, uh, was it Saturday no, night? No, he said, Saturday he, night? said uh, he was going to take his mask off on Saturday night. Oh, okay, that's right, because he'd been burned. Yeah. But when he said that, he was not being Little Richard. There was no, ooh, none of that stuff. He was just being straight at Mark Merrill. I wish they were just stuck with that. Anyways. All right, now let's talk about this. Flair for the gold. Well, there's so much great about this. Number one, Flair for the gold, like the segment itself was... Because Flair... Looks amazing. Yeah, got even though suit even on. though the set is like an '80s sitcom set, that just makes it even better. I know it. <laughs> so, anyways, Sting and so his guests are well. Number one, he introduces was it Fifi, Fifi, the maid, like the French maid. Um, says she's the most beautiful lady alive, which I don't really know. True. I mean, she's cute. Sting cuter. Um, anyways, his guests were Sting. And Davy Boy Smith, correct. Who, according to Wikipedia, was there because WWE had released him because he was caught ordering human growth hormone, HGH. He was a big dude. He was very puffy. So I, I imagine WCW had no restrictions on that. Uh, anyways, um, they were there to uh, talk about their match at Fall Brawl. Davy Boy Smith was there to yell. God, he shouted from the top of his lungs yeah, no. on the couch. And it's really difficult to deliver a convincing promo when you're sitting on a red couch and Ric Flair is there. Um, and even Sting like gave his look on his face. like Even through his makeup, I could tell he's, he's being too loud. And we know what it is, too. We have mics, dude. Is that they were sitting on a couch, but they weren't sitting all the way back. They were sitting just on the edge. Yeah. You know, you know their posture good. Yeah. So they're not they're not slouching or looking like they're not you know ready to throw down or anything. You yeah. know what I mean, they're yeah. They're, Davey Boy's like this. He had like his chest out when he was yeah when he was screaming. That's not a comfortable position to be sitting in. First of all. Yeah. No, it's not. And then try to deliver a promo while doing that. Yeah. I mean, they just should let him be comfortable. Yeah. Slouch in the couch, get comfy. So put your head on the on the on the armrest. <laughs> take a nap a little bit. <laughs> well, it's a flare for the gold, man. Not a nap for the gold. Um, so they were there. So Davy Boy was talking about his upcoming match with Vader later yeah. in the night. Um, and then this kid comes out and shouts at everybody. Just starts screaming. <laughs> and he's all de- he's he, there's so much denim on that man. Like the, I think he had to get his. He had to have gotten his jeans custom-made. His legs were like 90% of his body. I mean, he had a big upper body. No, I know what you mean. Do you, Okay, do you remember Savage Dragon, the Eric Larson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looked like, the, yeah, like he yeah, would yeah, do yeah. really long, skinny legs yeah. and then like a really bulky upper body. Yeah. That was cinched to play Savage Dragon. That's a good point. I wonder if... Because Savage Dragon dropped around that time. Maybe there was some relation there. I don't know. Anyway, Sid had a very nice short sleeve dress shirt on, tucked into some very tight, very long jeans. Yes. I mean, why would anybody have ever said, hey, go to the second rope? Did he come up the second rope? Or th- yeah, it was the second rope when he snapped his leg, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, he comes out with Harlem Heat, who look like they're just happy to be there. They're putting their mean faces on. But you could just tell, hey, we're moving up in the world because we're behind Sid, who's like a constant main event guy. Yeah. Um, Sid's yelling at both of them. Colonel Parker's with them. Yeah. And they're because going they, on. They all the match at Fall Brawl. Fall Brawl. Where uh, Sid and Harlem Heat are have a Vader as their partner. Yeah. And Sting and Davy Boy Smith 
have a mystery partner. First mystery partner of two yes. in the night. During the course the of the show. The second one got to drive a Camaro that I couldn't find if anybody actually won. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, the Davy Boy yells more. And then Sting yells about... He has to yell over Davy Boy Smith, <laughs> Smith so he can do the reveal. <laughs> exactly. And says the, our, our partner for Fall Brawl will shock the world. Right. And then there's a couple of pyro hits. Which is a clue to a person nobody's ever heard of or seen before. So why are you dropping a and clue? And he says, like? here is the shock master. Shock master. And then... Pyro. Py- like, yeah, pyro. Like, it's the kind of pyro... That you'd see on like a, 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 a set accident gone wrong. You know, it's like, remember, do you ever see the Michael Jackson footage? It's like that. It's like, oh, God, oh, you can see that go, oh, his, his head's on fire. It was like that. The crowd kind of gasped because I don't think they were expecting something that dramatic. No. And then just out from the, like the Kool-Aid man, just comes falling yeah. through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. He comes, he tumbles over <laughs> his helmet, his his Thank be- you for the Kool-Aid Man reference, by the way. <laughs> his bedazzled, his, his bedazzled <laughs> stormtrooper the, helmet. It, it was a spray painted with sparkle pink. So he yeah. has on his chest because the sparkles came off. <laughs> That's right. And he's got like a black vest so and acid, acid wash jeans. Yeah, but the black vest has like poofy areas Yeah, on and it. it's long. And he's got like a snakeskin belt, I think. So he comes, you know, we he studied his uh, outfit. Oh, yeah, bit, pretty yeah. heavily. He stumbles out, loses his helmet. He puts it back on because it's very loosely placed on his head. I mean, and it's a toy. He gets up. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up. And he starts doing this like he's talking, but nope, there's no voice. The crowd goes dead silent. Yeah. There aren't even any laughs. No. <laughs> like, like, do the majority of the people in Daytona Beach think this is real? Like, are they like, oh, no. What is, <laughs> like, what are they thinking? Because they're just dead silent. The man just stands there. And then, yeah, like, Sid, all, and what is, Sid starts yelling at him. And then Ole Anderson, with his voice, like, through some filters, through a, he just starts talking like this. Through a laugh, though, because he goes, <laughs> Sid, Sid, you may have been ruler of the world, but it's been long enough. And then you start hearing chatter from Sid and Arlem Heat saying, I don't know what they're saying, but they're chattering underneath, like, the microphone and Oli backstage. Yeah. But your time has come up, and you'll no longer be the ruler of the world. By the way, Flair had already taken off for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Know, While everybody was shouting at each other, he just left. He and CP yeah. left. Yeah, I wonder what they did. So I, did, I was curious, because I saw later on in another Clash of Champions and at Fall Brawl that the Shockmaster did compete. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I was curious uh, whether they stuck with that gimmick, the original version. What gimmick are you not. referring to exactly? Well, the Shockmaster, but the, yeah, the yeah, Stormtrooper yeah, yeah. helmet, the No, vest. they didn't. No, he, they didn't. Ottman just ended up wearing normal shit. Um, it was I think he kept the jeans. I think he kept the jeans and, like, his boots. Plain white shirt, jeans, and a white construction worker's helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The constru- I kind of remember so that. more yeah. like an electrician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flamboyant electrician. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, this is according to Wikipedia. Um, uh, they continue with the angle, repackaging the Shockmaster character as a clutch. Yeah. In a series of pre-recorded promos. That sounds like the most Ole Anderson thing I've ever heard of in my life. Because, I mean, come on. He looked like the most serious dude, and everybody said that... Like, for whatever reason, a lot of those, like, anecdotes, shoot interviews, whatever, a lot of people said Oli was a dick, right? I kind of remember that. 
But it seems like the guy had at least a sense of humor. Yeah. Like, they were able to turn this. But my question is, what were they going to, like, what was the end game for the Shockmaster in the first place? Like, he come, was, was he going to wrestle in that outfit? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. That's, like, really my concern. Or was he going to be, like, was there going to be, like, a big Shockmaster reveal? Real, yeah, I know. Had they even given one thought about that? They were just like, hey, we need a mystery partner well, you know, we neglected to, to you know, maybe maybe somebody, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying well, to think well, of. Well, Fred, Fred Ottman, who played the Shockmaster, yeah. just came over from WWF. Oh, uh, okay. So maybe they thought, um, or I think he was, hold on. He, he was one of the natural disasters, yeah, wasn't he? he was Earthquake? Typhoon. The Typhoon, okay. Also Tugboat. Um, maybe they thought, you know, he was a former tag team champion in WWF, maybe if he came over, they'd do uh, this reveal at Fall Brawl, who he really is, would get popped from the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be. That sounds like it might be likely, yeah. Um, but anyways. Uh, so, yeah, he, he stumbles out, you know, all that stuff. It, what you mentioned earlier was hilarious, though, because he starts going like this. Before anything even happens. Yeah. Just a stunned silence. Yeah. <laughs> just this, only, like, only was in front of Mike like this, so it happened at the turn. <laughs> Get it out of his system. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because, dude, you only see, like, a, for a millisecond, a sliver of Ottman's face yeah. when he's reaching for the, the helmet. helmet yeah. the I love that. He, didn't he pull up his pants and everything before uh, he starts doing this? <laughs> I mean, good, on, good on him for keeping the show going. And it was a quick recovery. Because <laughs> he falls, the helmet falls off, and he it within, like, five seconds, he has his composure back. <laughs> it's back, and he's making the mimes, man. He's ready to do his promo. <laughs> Oli's back there Oli, losing his Oli. shit. <laughs> Oli, Oli's the one who's dying back there. <laughs> I mean, these are, the funny, these are grown-ass men, and they're doing this. Oh, my God, it's so great. It's so, so amazing. Oh, God, anyways, after that. Ricky Steamboat, who's quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers ever. <laughs> you know what, dude? You have to give it up to Harlem Heat. Because I watched that segment several times over, and I looked at their faces. And Sid, I mean, Sid, I think, is just crazy anyway. I think Sid thinks that shit's real anyways. But, like, if you look at Harlem Heat, two guys who you know have their shit together, and they're just happy to have this opportunity. They do not break at all. They have, and I think it might be one of those things where, you know, if you want to laugh, and sometimes the only, but you can't. The only course of action is just to keep the same face, mm-hmm. like perfectly still, mm-hmm. and not trying to move at all. And I think that's what Booker was doing. Stevie Ray, I mean, he just looked like he was ready to throw, anyways. So give it up to Harlem Heat for not breaking character. But man, that was good. That was. Um, um, next, Ricky Steamboat, as I said, quickly rising on my personal power rankings for favorite wrestler of all time. Oh yeah, versus Paul Orndorff. And as soon as this match kicks off and they go back to the commentary team, Jesse Ventura cannot stop laughing about the Shockmaster. And for the rest of the show, he keeps making references to all the interesting entrances that are going on. You can tell he thinks it is the absolute funniest thing he has ever seen. Oh, Oh, that's so great. That's so awesome. Um on the subject of injuries I didn't know were real until I watched wrestling, the what like having one arm atrophy and the other not is I never knew I never knew about that. Yeah, I, I actually it's funny because I saw like a later Orndorff match from like '95 I think right before he retired, and then it was like I think it had either the, the 
I don't know if it ever got better or if it just continued to get well, worse. Well, he had a match at uh, Fall Brawl 94. He was tag teaming with Paul Roma. Okay, yeah. Um, and I thought it looked better there than it did it. I think it might have gotten better and then it got worse because by the time he retired, like the right side of it, it wasn't just oh. on the right side of his body looked much different than the left side of his body. Because here, apart from his right arm, like the rest of his yeah, I know everything else was fine. His his right bicep in this match was virtually non-existent. It looked mm-hmm. like it deflated. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before. It looked mm-hmm. like it deflated. Well, we talked about I think the last one we did the Bash '94 about how it, that injury happened, weightlifting accident of some sort. Yeah, a, a, a huge program with Hogan mm-hmm. didn't want to stop to get treatment for it, and then just didn't recover. Yeah, the injury never healed. Yeah, uh, Steamboat. He could. I, I'm. I'm. I'm convinced that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat could bring a broomstick to a four-star match at least because Orndov not a great wrestler, but this is actually a pretty decent match. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of enjoyed this match. Um, I don't have like a lot of detailed notes. Oh, about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was some decent back and forth. There wasn't a whole lot of high spots. Um, oh, Buffer. That's right. But they had Buffer introducing this match. They were already throwing money at Michael Buffer. I thought Buffer did the Sting Flair versus Colossal Kongs match. He might have did that one as well, wow. but he did this one because I have the note there right wow. there. Um, the finish saw Steamboat reverse uh, Orndorff while he's trying to body slam him um, into a roll-up, picks up the win. Yeah. And then after the match, uh, Paul Orndorff attacks Steamboat and gives him a pile driver on the television championship. I like the part where Orndorff uh, tried to get a dirty pin. And only got a two count and gets up and starts celebrating. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. sure yeah. gives him the belt. Yeah, that was funny, too. Says, Why did you just give him the belt? That, that was, was good. great. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> After that. After um, that, we had a backstage interview with Harley Race and the Authors of Pain. Colossal Kongs. Man, old school Authors of Pain. That's what them dudes look like. Harley Race is the most old school wrestler I've ever seen in my life. He's old, he's stout, and he's grizzly as fuck. That that voice of his is just—it's like he gargles freaking concrete. It's I know, great. I know. It's so amazing. Um, so this match, next match, was Sting and Ric Flair. Still mm-hmm. weird to me, seeing Flair work face. Yeah, I know, it's right? Weird. Yeah, I, know. I was expecting to turn on Sting at any moment during this match. It's a bit off-putting. Um, versus the Colossal Kongs, who were King Kong and Awesome Kong. Awesome Kong the first, yeah. Yep. Um, and and before this match and during the match, especially the beginning of it. The commentary team was, was really talking up Colossal Kongs, saying they had been on a huge undefeated streak. No mm. one to beat them. No one even knocked them off the feet. Nobody can pick With them up. In yeah. ten seconds, yeah. <laughs> Sting clotheslines one of them. One of them knocks them off the feet. I think. Yeah. Body slams both of them. Ric Flair does not get in this match at all. Hey, those body slams were impressive. Oh yeah, that shit was impressive. Yeah. 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 So this was a squash match. They've been building up Colossal Kongs to be this destructive tag team. Yeah. And this match is about two minutes long, and it's all Sting. Dude, that's how you build Sting up, man. That's why he's the franchise, dude. Yep. Yeah, that was great. And then uh, right after that, Tony Schiavone interviews Flair and Sting. And they're they, all cordial and nice, and they have a yeah. match on Saturday night for the NWA title. Yeah. <laughs> I know, exactly. Again, I'm just waiting on Flair to turn on him. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. For the sixth or seventh time. <laughs> I know. I just think keep on being buddy-buddy with him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had the Equalizer and Rick Rude versus Dustin Rhodes and a Hawk, mystery partner. And uh, oh, that's right, it was yeah, that's right, it was Dustin Rhodes and a mystery partner, which ended up being two mystery partners. Yeah, because Animal comes to the ring in a Camaro, which they were going to give away a Camaro Z twenty eight, 
which they were going to give away in a contest. I looked, I did a very basic Google search. I could not find one reference to anybody having ever won that thing. Interesting. Although they made it sound like you could call in or mail in. It made it sound like you can mail in as many times as you want. Yeah. Nobody it made me think of Real Genius. Yeah. The guy that lives in the closet because he was uh, doing a, was it a Frito-Lay contest? And he had these boxes of entry oh, cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, You ever yeah, seen that yeah. movie? No. It's a good movie. I think I might have seen like Real Genius. Movie. It's Val Kilmer. No, I think I've heard about it. Anyway, it's kind so of a kooky movie. That's an 80s comedy. It's yeah. good. Uh, Animal drives to the ring in this Camaro. Z28. Yeah. Walks to the ring. Makes it seem like he's the mystery partner. But no. Hawk comes yeah. up behind Rick Rude and the Equalizer. And then he's the one that's actually in the match. Oh, I thought it ended up being like it was. It felt like a handicap match. Kinda, no. Kind of was. I mean, though. Animal didn't really get that involved. Yeah. So I think officially it was Hawk and Dustin Rhodes against Equalizer, another wrestler from WCW. Looks like they just, they needed someone to fill the spot. You look like you can wrestle. Get in the ring. In and the what's ring. funny, too, is that when Rick Rude is coming down with the Equalizer, Rick Rude had a look on his face like he had no interest in sharing his entrance with somebody else, let alone this hoss next to him who looked like he was 60 years old. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, yeah, Rick Rude, he gets in the ring and he starts cutting a promo. He drops his legendary Rick Rude promo. Yeah. Um, starts dancing. Yeah, starts dancing. Then Dustin Rhodes comes out. Uh, and then, yeah, Hawk drives up. No, Animal, Animal drives, drives up, up. But Hawk's the actual mystery partner. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Hawk and Dustin Rhodes actually uh, collaborate on a doomsday device. Yeah. That was cool. That was rad. Um, but the finish, oh, at one point, uh, Dustin Rhodes moves, equalizer, trying to clothesline Dustin. Yeah. Uh, clotheslines Rick Rude. Equalizer tries to body slam Dustin Rhodes. Um, Hawk hits a crossbody from the top rope, knocks them both over. Um, Dustin rolls over, gets the pin. Yeah, wins the match. Animal had his fingerprints all over this. So it was one of those things where it's like, wait, why are we all celebrating? It was basically a handicap. Yeah, I know. With the faces, taking advantage of the numbers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and after that, there was actually a pretty cool promo for that Camaro contest. I yeah, I know it was a good-looking Camaro. Was well, well, I mean, like the promo was well done, well put together. Oh yeah, I like. Uh, <laughs> so I got on. Uh, <laughs> I got on on the internet. And I saw um, you can buy a Z28 from like 1969, I want to say. I didn't even know they did Camaros that early. 25 years before this one. It was $100,000. Oh, yeah. It was be hard to find. It was all spruced up. Oh, okay. It was all super spruced up. Still, 100000 is a lot to drop on that. On a car, I know. Yeah, on any car. Yeah. So, to our main event. Yes, that led to our main event. Vader versus WCW champion Vader. Yes. Versus Davey Boy Smith. This is still back when there was both the NWA Heavyweight Championship and the WCW Champion. Who's in? Oh, that's right. Flair. King and Flair. Okay. Flair with the NWA was the NWA title yeah. holder champion. I can't talk right now. It's okay. And then Vader was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. I love Vader matches. Yeah. That dude, he, he towed a good line between, like, you know, fake wrestling and, like, really beating the crap out of a guy. You know, it wasn't like Shibata level where you're ending your own career. See, what he would do is he would throw hands at people. Yeah. But he wasn't punching like this. He would throw forearms. So he'd right, hit people yeah. in their head, you know, with a lot of force behind it. Yeah. But right here. Probably wouldn't feel great. You no. Know, you know when you're getting rained on by Vader. Yeah. But you're coming out of it alive. Yeah, you're not getting fists to the head. For the right. most part. I think there was one uh, time where it looked like the bulldog might have taken a fist to the head. But for the most part, it was forms. Didn't we see in one of our things, it was like a tag match where Vader and somebody 
was taking on Bulldog and somebody. And I swear I said, man, it seems like it wasn't it like Bret Hart and Bulldog versus Vader and somebody. And I was like, man, at one point, it looked like Vader started really throwing hands at Davey Boy. It was the one where Vader came off, tried yeah. to do the moonsault and yeah. on his feet. And we yeah. both marveled at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, wait, did, did Bulldog botch something there? Or was, was that just Vader just act, being in character, acting pissed off? And that's how he acted when he, when he was pissed off. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he didn't like Davy Boy. I just feel like when it, like this is two times now when I've seen in there with Davy Boy. Like when he's in there with Cactus Jack, we saw Halloween Havoc 93, yeah. right? It felt like a back and forth. It felt like a, just a really brutal physical wrestling dance, you know, like they do. It wasn't actually a dance. I'm just it's a metaphor. This felt sometimes like Vader really just wanted to beat up on Davy Boy Smith. That's what it felt like. I could be yeah, wrong. It could be. I know Vader has said in interviews before that he would go in there and sort of tell the guy, hey, I'm going to beat on you. You beat on me back. Like, we're going to throw on each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he mentioned that about Flair once. Yeah. And so maybe it was that because Davy Boy Smith was a tough dude. Yeah. That, uh, and he was strong as yeah, shit. Yeah, that suplex he did on the ramp, the stalling suplex. Oh, my gosh. He didn't have it up there for 10 seconds, but it was a couple. It looked like he could have. Like, yeah. If he really put his mind to it, he could Yeah, that was an impressive suplex. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes with this. No, I don't either. Um, it, it was a decent enough match. At one point, Jesse Ventura said, yeah, that's right. Did you hear Vader say, I'm the man? Yeah, I caught that too. <laughs> It was a decent enough match. Vader's just fun to watch because I for know, a guy yeah. his size, he can do a lot. He can do a lot. He, he did can a do, splash yeah. during this match. He did, he, uh, he did a Vader bomb and onto the bulldog and he kicked out of. So he's not like, when they call him a big man, obviously he's a big dude. He's not like super tall. No, not at all. But he's a big dude. And it's, it's funny because <clears throat> that was in my mind because Ventura had said something like he's the most agile big man in the business. And Shivani said, oh, he's one of the best big men. And as one of them said something like that, Vader was in the corner. I think he'd just been drop kicked by uh, Davy Boy, and he like just took up the entire corner. He's four hundred fifty pounds. They he said he was huge. Yep. Like he, re- when you see him up against like a point of reference, sometimes you just sort of don't remember because he's a round dude. Mm-hmm. You don't re- you don't really understand how big he is. But man, he was a massive human being. Yeah, and he was doing stuff that yeah. Guys half his size were doing. Oh, crazy. Absolutely. I'd hate to know what his knees feel like. Oh, these I know. Days because he lands a lot on his knees. That's a lot of weight to be coming yeah. down on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, how did this match finish? Well, towards the end, Vader goes for a uh, move off the second rope. Bulldog mm-hmm. catches him for a power slam, but there's a ref. Nick, bump. damn it, Nick Patrick again. Um, uh, finish saw Bulldog go for another suplex, but Harley Race comes in, hits Bulldog on the knee, which Vader had been working over the entire race. was old, and he was still taking bumps. Yeah. Doling out punishment. Yeah. It's great. Um, hits uh, Bulldog in his knee. Vader falls on top of Bulldog for the pin. Yeah. Gets the win. Yeah. Cactus Jack comes out. Yeah. Starts doling punishment onto Vader. Yeah, they start brawling on the ramp, and then Vader gets off the ramp and hustles backstage. They made it sound like this was the returning Cactus Jack. Yeah. Uh, but we so we know like later on two months later they fought at Halloween Havoc in a really brutal match in a really great brutal match I think we covered that before we talked about it but I don't know if we've actually officially covered it I think it was one night I was going through watching some Vader matches and I came across that one and I said hey you should watch this and then you watched it I swear we covered that oh you know what it might have been it might have been in a count out where we talked about that match specifically because I know I've mentioned several times in this show the juxtaposition of a death match 
versus like the fact that it's WCW. Like yeah, no, we've talked about it before. Yeah. But I just said we never watched Halloween Havoc '93. No, no, we never done Halloween Havoc official capacity or that match. I don't think for any Maybe particular have. reason. I don't. You know. just bring it up because you really like it. I do. I really like it. I love this era of WCW. I know you do. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, we hope you guys watched. This is actually an enjoyable, enjoyable pay per view. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, much more than the, the, the worst nights are over from last week. <laughs> um, so, anyways, we're gonna do something a little bit different. Um, I have chosen. Well, here, let's preface this. I'm gonna be going on vacation in two or so weeks. Okay. We need to do. We need to have one of these in the tank. We need to have yeah. one ready to go. Yeah. So it just goes up while I'm gone. Yeah. Right. So what we're gonna do. You have three options. I have three options. Let's put both three options up for a vote. Top vote getters of each option we will do. We'll do one uh, next week and then the week after so that. So mine, so this is how we're going to, and then after all that rigmarole you just mentioned, we're going to do this from now on. One week I'm going to choose three to yeah. vote on. The next week he's going to choose yeah. three to vote on. So that we each have our own, we can surprise each other. We Absolutely. can try to, in our own way, one-up each other in terms of, oh, those are good options. Oh. Right. So, these next three I chose. This is what's going to go up next week. Yeah. This will be your homework for next week. And then the ones that you're choosing, those are going to be going up when you're on vacation. Correct. Okay. Sounds good. So, because of the Punjabi prison match that's happening today. Yeah. Yeah. And, by the way, we're going to be live streaming yeah, our reactions to it. Um, I have chosen three pay-per-views with gimmick matches. Good. First off, and these are all going up for vote for our $10 patrons. They've already voted on it, so whatever. First up, Halloween Havoc 1991. WCW. It features the Chamber of Horrors oh, match. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I want to see that one. Uh, it also had... So, Flair had already left with the big gold belt. Yeah. Literally, he took the belt. Yeah, I know. So, they had to dress up, I believe, the TV championship. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Luger and Ron Simmons fought over that. Also, there was an Oz sighting. Kevin Nash, hungry Kevin Nash, back when he wanted to be there because he was getting a paycheck. Yep. Oz was on that show. So that's option number one. Option number two, No Mercy 2007. That's right, the original Punjabi prison match, Batista versus Kali. Also, for th- for whatever reason, the WWE Championship, so that was for the big gold belt, the WWE Championship was defended three times. Triple H and Randy Orton, I think Umaga was in there at one point. Yeah, three separate matches for that belt are defended on that pay-per-view. That's interesting. Um, we also have CM Punk versus... King Mabel, Big Daddy V, for the ECW title. That's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird going on in No Mercy 2007. And then the third option is ECW. Have you to make sure that's on the network? Oh, shit. I have not. WWE Network. I don't know if that's on there because of that. Really? Yeah, it might not be on there. Or if it is, they cut that out. Living Dangerously 2000. Let's see if they cut it out. That'd be really Let's see if there's markers for the you match. You think it'd be that, uh, it's, it's that controversial? I'm telling you, I don't think it's on there, so I think I looked for it on there. Really? Yeah, I think they cut it out. They cut it out. They cut it out. I mean, that's a pretty intense thing to have the network. Nobody died. 
I know, but it's pretty intense, man. It's, it has it's the, the, the it's new a Jack. Nasty, nasty fall. I'll do this. It's got the new Jack Vic Grimes fall. I'm going to keep it on there. ECW's okay. Living Because there's a lot of weird there, too. Living Dangerously 2000. And then if you want bonus points, you can get on YouTube or Daily Motion. Somewhere is going to have that video of New Jack falling with Vic Grimes and busting his skull and him getting brain matter that goes from... Fluid. The fluid. Spinal fluid. Yeah, spinal fluid. That's not brain matter? No. Spinal fluid. I thought he said he, he, he tasted brain. I think, it is. I think he said spinal fluid coming out of his nose. That's so gross. How do right. you know it's fine? Oh, how would he know it's fine? I don't know. That's dark. That's what, oh, that's what New so Jack gross. said, man. Oh, it's so bad. All right. I, I'm not going too far outside the box with mine. Keep it two of the previous options. The wrestling classic. Oh, nice. Very WWF's good. WWF's second attempt at a pay-per-view after WrestleMania 1. Okay, good. Slambury 2000. Oh, no. We can't get enough WCW in 2000. <laughs> Third option, Armageddon 2004. Why? Um, this uh, pay-per-view features... Big Show versus Mark Jindrak, Luther Reigns, and Kurt Angle in a handicap match. Is Luther Reigns related to Roman Reigns? Apparently, uh, was it Daniel Puder? Uh, Took on The Miz in a boxing match. Oh, gosh. Um, Kurt Angle versus Santa Claus. Well, he got his gift this week, didn't he? Uh, (laughs) And then some other stuff. <laughs> JBL versus Eddie Guerrero, Undertaker, and Booker T for the WWE title. Was there a lot of blood in that? I don't JBL know. and Eddie Guerrero in it. There's probably a lot of blood. Or maybe not. Wait, I'm sorry. What is that number six match? John Cena defeated Jesus. <laughs> oh, that is a Jesus. Oh. Was there a dude named Jesus? <laughs> I really want that to be John Cena versus Jesus. Aaron Aguilera. Why does that name sound familiar? I don't know. I don't know any of these other names. Wait, the hardcore kid? Wasn't he like an L.A. guy? Maybe not. Oh, well, PWG, he was down there. Oh, maybe then, yeah. yeah I don't know. Could be. I might have seen him wrestle. I might have seen Jesus wrestle in the flesh, Larson. Anyways, that's going to be for the like two weeks from now. So those are going to be up on the thing. Vote for them. And then uh, this is already voted on. So the winner for Steve's winner is Halloween Havoc 1991. And there you go. That's what you're going to be watching next week for our review. Do your homework. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.